Hi, everyone. Before we start the show, I just want to let you know that if you enjoy the Dare Daniel podcast, if you like the work we're doing here, you can help us grow the show by making a donation through the Dare Daniel website. Your generous contributions will help offset the cost of producing the show and will also enable long-term projects like producing additional content, creating merchandise, things like that. You can make a one-time payment or set up a monthly subscription. Any amount helps, and it's really greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot, and here's the show. Everybody, you're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast. My name is Daniel Barnes, and I'm up talking today. I'm the film critic for the Sacramento News and Review, and my co-host is comedian Corky McDonald. Hey, hey, Bobby Rebob, which is a reference you will soon get on this itty bitty little mini episode. Itty we're gonna, bitty? it's itty bitty. We're gonna take a look at next week's review. We're gonna take a look back at our previous review of Suburbicon. We're gonna answer our question of the week: favorite movie teacher. Just in time for a back to school. We're going to read some of the Twitter responses to previous questions of the week, and we're going to read a few of your movie dares. But first, let's say hi to my co-host, comedian. Did I already introduce you? you we kind of. I just said hello, though. Did we, can, I inter- we can introduce me. We can talk to me. Let's go back again. I feel dead. Ladies and gentlemen, that. a man, a legend, a god among men. His name is Corky McDonald. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks, for listening. It's beautiful here today. Corky, let's start this train wreck by looking <laughs> ahead to the movie we are reviewing next week on the show. Yeah. I have described this movie that we are reviewing to several different people who have never heard of this movie. To a person, they have been repulsed by mm. the very premise of it. Jesus. Yeah. The film that we are watching is known as Clifford, the oh. big red dog. Yeah. Nope. The tiny red little man trying <laughs> pretending to be a little red boy. <laughs> it stars Martin Short as a nine-year-old? Ten-year-old. He's ten years old. Yeah, yeah, give him that. He can play ten. Sure. Martin Short plays a ten-year-old. Charles Grodin also plays someone much younger than himself. <laughs> he, he plays the adult, not the old man. The age gap is pretty much the same. Right? It, it is, right? trying to play. Uh, this movie came out in 1994 after it was delayed for a good four or five years. It was uh, it was seasoned. Yeah, it came out is kind of, it was slow rolled. Yeah, it's you know some of those movies you gotta you gotta put them away in in the in the cellar for a few years. Sure, let them develop the flavors. Yeah, bring them out. 1994. The movie is called Clifford. Let's listen to a trailer. Clifford is a very special little boy. Would you please stop hitting the back of my chair? I am trying to sleep. I'm sorry, Miss Nice Older Person, but I don't know what you're talking about. Perhaps you were just having a nightmare about your early days in the circus. Hi, what's your name, son? My name is Clifford, and I think you're the bestest captain in the whole wide world. Well, thank you. And he's bound for Los Angeles to spend a week with his Uncle Martin. Isn't there an incredible family resemblance? Look at this. Well, I, I guess so. Are we ready to go to Dinosaur World now? I've got some bad news. <laughs> what? What? A whole gang of chocolate. I need it badly. What do you mean you're out of chocolate? I need chocolate! Breaking a little boy's promise would be a terrible, terrible thing. I would imagine that little boy wouldn't be responsible for what he was going to do next. I believe your drink is right there. Oh, 
when you are looking at the baseball. Look at it. Hit it. Hit it. Keep your eye on it. Martin Short in his smallest role ever. Charles Grodin in his most trying performance. I underestimated the evil one. What is it with you and Dinosaur World? It's a sick thing! And Mary Steenburgen. Can you just act like a human boy for one minute here? Look at me like a person. You can't do it for more than a few seconds. Look at me like a human boy. Hello? Whose house is this? It's the kid who's throwing the party. I think his name is Clifford. You want me to get him? I'll get him later. Well, there it is, Clifford. Dinosaur World. How many years do you think you'll get for kidnapping me, Uncle Ten Most Wanted? That is so cute. I really shouldn't put this in hyperdrive, but I just can't seem to help myself. Clifford, terror has a new name, and comedy has a new face. Oh, honey, be careful while you eat your cereal. Use a napkin. This boy and his cereal. <laughs>so that was clifford it is available to stream for free on voodoo voodoo which is a pay service it's available to stream for free you can also <laughs> yeah that's that's <laughs> that's how much they believe in this movie also available for free on 2b tv which is an ad supported uh, thing and yeah. it is available for rent just about anywhere else you can it's free on services you're already paying for absolutely sure um so go and don't check it out but mm. desperately 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 beg you to not check it out listen to and us. instead listen to us suffer through reliving the entire horrifying experience now we're going to talk about our previous. <laughs> that segue fucks, Daniel. That segue just fucks hard. It was a sexy silence. <laughs> that Pregnant pauses only get that way through sexy pauses. Yeah, I think our listeners, I, I sensed some quivering. I sensed a little <laughs> bit of quivering amongst our listeners while they were waiting for me to continue my sentence. Let's take a look at our previous review of a movie called Suburbicon Corky with yeah. the benefit of hindsight, knowing now what you know now. If only we knew then what we exactly. know now. Would you like to take this opportunity to yeah. apologize to me? <laughs> To apologize to my family, to apologize to, I don't have children, but if I did, I would like you to apologize to them. I have a, a cat and a dog I would like you to apologize sure. to. It, would you like to take this opportunity to admit how horribly wrong you were about the film Suburbicon and praise me as the voice of my generation? Okay. This is the sound of me covering up the microphone. Okay. Consulting with my lawyer. Sure. <laughs> I know, Daniel, at this time, I would not like to take the opportunity to apologize. So we're going to court. As I have been advised to say, I reiterate that that movie is a reverse stare. Uh-huh. And people should check out and support people doing different things and trying things. Interesting. I have been advised to say sure. that you suck. <laughs> You're dead wrong. I'm super right. And, well, that's about it. That's My all lawyer I'm, has all now written down that he can beat up your lawyer. <laughs> And that the judge is a farthead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we did have a, a major disagreement on this film. But I thought it was a very 
interesting civil disagreement. I, 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 I thought it was a great discussion. I think we had a diff- disagreement on one aspect because I don't necessarily think this is a good movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, we we had a. Uh, I guess we would say that you, you were sort of mixed on the mo- mixed positive. I would say sure, right? mixed positive. And right. I was extremely negative, but there was really was one thing that was like holding me back so far, which was the sort of real life story yeah. of this family that had been discriminated against in the suburbs. I think one positive of that is that I didn't know that story before yeah. this movie, oh. and I, I would bet that the majority of the audience who watches this movie right. did not know that that's a true story, but yeah. could imagine that that did happen. Oh, absolutely. So even bringing awareness to that, there's a, there's a term you used one time, I think it was during Revolution, where you said that any attempt, there are critics who think any mm. attempt to make a good movie sure. makes a good movie. I kind of give that credit to this. I get you. And maybe it's because I, I'm a, such a fan of all the people involved, yeah. like all the people involved. As am I, which is why this was so shocking to yeah. me that I, I disliked everybody so much, including Julianne Moore, who I'm like, she's not bad in anything, but no. she's I thought she was pretty bad in this. Yeah. Although, I don't know if you've seen Chloe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have seen Chloe. <laughs> well, the woman works a lot. But the important thing is, <laughs> the important thing is we've increased awareness. Sure. And that's half the battle. Yeah. And as white people, I think we should take credit for yeah. that. And you said after this movie, you're no longer racist? No, exactly. Yeah. Okay. This movie changed me. I was. Uh, you, were on, you were teetering on the precipice. You went into it thinking, is racial discrimination bad? And then you saw the film and you're like, it is. And I'm going to beg everybody not to isolate that clip of yeah. me admitted to being racist before this. <laughs> Stop folding the paper while you talk though. Sorry. Okay. 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 <laughs> So now let's move on to our question of the week. The Q of the W. Q of the dub. And this is inspired by the fact that, you know, most of the youngsters right now are heading back to school. Yeah. Kind of got us thinking about depictions of school in the cinema. The Rugrats are all just going to go back, pull their jack and apes back at the institutional learning. Amen to that. (laughs) Clear the streets, kiddos. Uh, so we, we decided to ask, who is our favorite movie teacher? A lot of people don't know in your off time, you're a truancy cop, Daniel. You, <laughs> you walk the beat, swinging a stick, rushing little Lulu and Sluggo yeah. back to the school, I'm back to PS 138. I'm not an officially licensed truant cop. <laughs> no. Do I like to beat children with a stick? Yes. Okay. True and see. Following my passion as a freelancer. <laughs> Live your dreams. So our question of the week, who is your favorite movie teacher? And usually when you ask this, I did a lot of like Google searching for like lists of favorite movie teachers. Inevitably, you got the exact same stand and deliver inspirational type of teacher. Sure. That is like almost what anyone thinks his favorite movie teacher is most inspirational movie teacher is standing on the desk with Robin Williams and Dead Poets Society. But who did you pick as your favorite movie teacher? And I'm going to be the Mr. Cliche, Mr. Obvious and go Jaime Escalante. Jaime, you went with Jaime. With Stand and Deliver, yeah. yeah. Edward James Almos. Yeah, the reason why is because you don't get Latino mm-hmm. de- depictions, LA Latino depictions in a positive view in Hollywood. Yeah. And I remember watching as a kid going, oh, that's fascinating. There are these problems or there are these cultures or these communities that exist. And this was a very inspirational story. And Edward James Almos probably the typifying performance of his career in that movie. Right. It was amazing. Yeah, and he was Oscar nominated as well. The scene where at the end where they just show the real life results and he's doing that dance as he walks down the hallway. Amazing. I loved it. Yeah, great stuff. And that is your sort of classic inspirational teacher type. I went with another real life teacher. This is not quite as much of the pumping your fist, stand and deliver type of a movie. It's a film called The Class. Uh, it is a 2008 French Canadian film directed by Laurent Conte. 
This movie won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. It is based on the real-life experiences of teacher Francois Bergadeau, who also stars as himself. What? And it follows him through one year of teaching school at an inner-city Parisian high school and these very kind of fascinating, sometimes contentious, sort of Socratic discussions that are going on in class. And it's very... It's a very intense and very realistically made movie, non-judgmental, and what really comes across is that discourse that's in the class and all these kids who are just full of hormones. They come from bad backgrounds, but they're all kind of trying to establish their identity and encourage their free expression of the thought. And unlike a lot of you know what I would call the inspirational teacher movies, it doesn't really feel forced it doesn't feel sentimental it doesn't feel fake at all it feels very real sure. and the problems of the kids and the problems of the teachers feel very real it doesn't feel like it's judging one way or the other i think both of our choices and not to just big up ourselves as much because sure. it was a brilliant discussion and review that we just both did sure movies are so amazing at capturing one slice of life that you'll never know mm. about i would never imagine learning about the discussions in an inner city Parisian school. Sure. And this movie captures that and what's going on in real life. The movie I brought up was a dramatization of it. Yeah. But again, a million miles away from me, even though it's in my own state. Totally. Right? Movies are so good at that, at capturing that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, giving and you giving a window to, into a world. Absolutely. Never been to and, uh, kind of a, a level of empathy, maybe, that you, you never experienced before. So again, I'd like to take credit for recognizing that about movies. Yep. I. Pat myself on the back right now. Did you have any runners-up that you wanted to mention? Well, I do have one nominated from Inside the Garage from producer Johnny Flores, who said The Substitute. <laughs> nice. He's nodding vigorously, holding it up on his phone right now. Is that Tom Berenger? another inspirational teacher movie. Is, did he murders people in that movie, correct? <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, inspiration. Well, he murders bad people. Ernie Hudson's the principal slash... <laughs> in Jaime Escalante stand and deliver evil too he comes back and just whoops ass on people who don't pass the test absolutely yes <laughs> uh, yeah a few I wanted to mention not an inspirational teacher at all Matthew Broderick in election oh so fantastic choice scumbag Give a shout out to Ben Stein from Ferris Bueller's Day I was, Off. I was thinking of Del Close from Fel Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, Tina Fey from Mean Girls, of course, the Never teacher everyone wanted to have. Uh, also, a special shout out to the teacher from the Frederick Wiseman documentary High School who plays Simon and Garfunkel for her students, mainly because I would have had a huge crush on her. Mm. And the teacher from the beginning of Days and Confused who tells her students that the Bicentennial is about, quote, a bunch of slave-owning aristocratic white males who didn't want to pay their taxes. Yeah. So shout outs to all of those great movie teachers. Now, Corky, we've been getting some really fantastic responses on Twitter to some of our other questions of the week. So do you want to read some of our responses to the question of the week? Best film with summer in the title. Well, it's still relevant. We got a couple weeks of summer left. Absolutely. It's it's transitioning back to school, but it's end of summer. And the Potter Family hashtag has been so helpful with giving us best summer movies when we ask them the questions of the week. Our great friends... At Film Trials, which is the Film on Trials podcast, they said, favorite summer movie, Summer Rental, exclamation mark. John Candy plus Carl Reiner equals classic shenanigans. <laughs> what? Do you think it equals classic shenanigans? I do. I love that movie. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. I still, like, whenever I get sunburned, it's like, oh, that's a nice base. Yeah. That's a nice base. Yeah. John Candy was amazing in the mid-80s. Oh, like, he's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Was he also, who was the great outdoors? That, that was, was John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Man, John Candy trying to go on vacation. The man, he could do it. He could do it. <laughs> At Paul Thomas Dean, uh, who podcast we do not know, game of spring, summer, fall, winter, ellipses, and spring. 
Oh, okay, yeah. That's uh, oh, shoot. I'm forgetting the name of the director, but it's a it's a it's a foreign movie. It's yeah, f- stunning. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. Nice. At first time watchers gave us a little cheeky review. Said Geo Summerstorm was their favorite movie with summer in the title. Which, taken from the replies, I assume that that was not serious. <laughs> At film illiterates gave us Hotel Transylvania Three Summer Vacation. Wow. Which, again, I think cheeky. And the at IMDb journey, actually, from their official one, gave us 500 Days of Summer, which is a movie I have never seen. Oh, sure. But being a complete Smith's acolyte, I can't believe I haven't seen that movie. It's not a very good movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, it has its has its fan. It's one of those very sort it's, of love actually steroid romantic comedies. Sure. And there's a gimmick in it with all the Smith's songs. At Words by C. Biggs, a fantastic film reviewer, oh, yeah. gave us the I Know What You Did Last Summer trilogy. Or, the whole trilogy. Uh, maybe it's not trilogy, but uh, However septology. Many are. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> they probably are just still making it, right? And Thank lastly, the Movie Geek and Podcast at MGN Podcast said Summer School, the Mark Harmon sure. vehicle. Mark Harmon, which was Kirstie a, Alley. Yes, cable movie staple when I was oh, a yeah. kid. No, I saw it when I was in the theaters. 35 millimeter, baby. True cinephile. One of my favorite jokes, though, of all movie time is when that guy came back. He, he went to the bathroom during the first class, and they came back and got the best grade of out of It's just a throwaway line, but it was a great joke. Good bit. We've shouted out the Potter Family hashtag. We've met a lot of great other movie podcasts. And I noticed with movie podcasts, Twitter accounts, everybody replies in GIFs. Mm. Everybody replies with images. And I think that's really indicative of movie fans. We sure. like visual representations of what our feelings, of what we want. And we like referencing our favorite movies. Yep. So keep it up, guys. Keep on replying. And thank you for participating. Kim Key Duck is the director of Spring, Fall, Summer, Winter. And that's the Spring, one. Summer, Fall, whatever. So now we're going to read a few of your movie dares, and thank you everyone who's been sending us those dares at daredaniel.com. Keep them coming. Any which way you can. Any which way you can. Yeah, hit us up on the Twitters and the Instagrams and what have you as well. Uh, this dare comes from frequent dare Matthew Doherty. What's up, Matthew thank Doherty? You, Matthew Doherty. You know, I was actually just looking at this, and Matthew has sent us a bunch of dares. He has. He's sent a, a, quite a few, and we've not done any of them yet, but Matthew Doherty, hang on. Because in about a month, we're going to have one of your dares. And it's going to be the first in our October oh, really? Scare Daniel series. We're kicking off with an Emdo. We're kicking off with Emdo. <laughs> I can't tell you what it is just yet. Um, you will have to listen to every single episode, uh, starting with episode one and all the mini episodes, decipher the clues. So what we in the podcast biz call a tease. It's a tease. It's a little Easter egg. There's a series of tones. If you follow the puzzle... <laughs> You will find the movie. <laughs> Matthew Doherty, what did he dare us? He dared us to watch a film called China Salesman. <laughs> what? Do you Are you not familiar with China Salesman? Is this like Wolf Cop where you just blend two words <laughs> together? China Salesman, also known as Deadly Contract. So why did Matthew Doherty dare us to watch this movie that we have never heard of, China Salesman? He says, scrolling through the upcoming tab in the Redbox app, and this gem of a movie pops up. The cover alone is worth a peek. Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal in an action movie set in North Africa go up against a young IT engineer. Sign me up. Now I'm entirely angry that I have not heard of this movie. It is available August 14, and I will gladly procure it for viewing. Reach out, and I will make this happen. (laughs) Oh, offering to buy the... He has the one copy. (laughs) <laughs> is this a Redbox exclusive film? We go over to his house. He's like, oh. 
So, you have to put that key in at the same time I put this key in. <laughs> it is a Chinese production. It is directed and co-written by Tan Bing. Sure. Stars Zhang, Dong Zhui Li and features Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal. It was released June 2017 in China and is just now available on VOD stateside. The budget was apparently $20 million. What? Box office, $1.5 Seven on Rotten Tomatoes, 14 on Metacritic. I mean, this it, it's all of our boxes, man. This checks all of our boxes. Yeah. Tyson and Seagal are on the poster, at least the American poster, although it seems as though they have much smaller roles than the poster would indicate from what I can gather. IMDb synopsis. It is very long and basically explains the entire plot of the movie, and I'm going to read the entire thing. Okay. Settle in. Yan Jian, a young Chinese... I'm going to read this word for word, by the way. Okay. Yan Jian, a young Chinese IT engineer who volunteers to go to North Africa and help the company he works for to win a competition, period. The winner can own the right to control the communication between South and North. French spy Michael works for the West. His boss ordered (laughs) him to go to the North Africa and win the competition, and they can control the great mineral resources of Africa. He hired the best mercenary in Africa whose name is Louder, that's Siegel, and a former general, Kaba, that's Tyson, to help him. Jan has discovered their conspiracy. He is the only one who can stop them. Tyson's playing a North African. He is playing General Kaba. General Kaba. I'm assuming he's not a general in the United States Army. <laughs> Sorry, former General Kaba. So yeah. oh, okay, maybe he got yeah, maybe he got drummed out. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to hear Brooklyn-born Tyson doing a North African accent. I must see this movie. So yeah, that is China Salesman. Thank you very much, Matthew Doherty. Our next dare comes to us from another frequent dare, my good buddy Mike Dub. W Mike. Dub, 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 dub. <laughs> dub dares us to watch a movie called God's Not Dead. Quirky, no. are you familiar with the movie God's Not Dead? Only through their social media promotions. It came out in 2014. It was directed by one of our top directors, Harold Kronk. Hey, Kronk. It stars Shane Harper and Kevin Sorbo. He was TV's Hercules. Uh, it was a left-field hit from Pure Flix, a studio that specializes in Christian-themed films. It grossed $62 million on a $2 million budget. Really? But received almost entirely negative reviews from the godless critics. Uh, why did Mike Dub dare us to watch this movie? He says, I don't know if this movie will be the outright worst you've ever watched, at least not in terms of fundamental cinematographic ineptitude. It sounds like it would be tough to top, say, Theodore Rex in that sense. But I do think God's Not Dead has a good chance of being up there with the most grating and frustrating movies you've watched. I hope it's as torturous as I think it will be. That was Mike Dub daring us to watch the movie IMDb Synopsis College Philosophy Professor Mr. Radisson's Curriculum is challenged by his new student, Josh, who believes God exists. And God, of course, goes against everything they're teaching in the colleges these days. <laughs> oh, my God. Philosophy and God are just irreconcilable. Now, I think this will be a great show because, as I have said previous on the show, God is dead. Yeah. Right. And I think I was making that in reference to movie franchises who split their uh, last episode into two different parts. But this is just as, this applies just as well. But you also said God does not exist in in response to Al Pacino winning the Best Actor Award over Denzel Washington for Malcolm X. Look, it's a rich tapestry. So turkey. the proof is just all throughout. It's piling up. It's it's almost irrefutable at I'm this point. I'm scared to do this episode because I'm just going to offend everybody talking about this movie. Well, I would hope so. Okay. I would hope so. So thank you very much, Mike Dub, for daring thank you, us. Mike Dub. God's not dead, and everyone keep hitting us up with those movie dares on uh, 
daredaniel.com. You can submit your dare there. You can just hit us up on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. For the Dare Daniel podcast, I am Daniel Barnes, film critic, craft beer writer, local legend, friend of the common man, uh, jitterbug enthusiast. <laughs> the, the, the phone, not the dance, the phone for old people. <laughs> And I'm Corky McDonald, comedian with a day job. And I'm saying, Suburbia, we love you. We love you, Suburbia. We'll see you next week.